This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to A Real Man Wood podcast. Chris Liss and Dalton Dildon, your hosts. And uh, Dalton, you know, I got a good suggestion on Twitter that we should have a companion podcast or at least companion Twitter account called A Nutless Monkey Could. So you have A Real Man Would and then A Nutless Monkey Could. What do you think about that? Uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, obviously, they're referring to you more, more so than me. But well, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Right. I'm the real man. You're the nutless monkey. I mean, that's the role we play. In real life, you know, we don't always live up to those roles, always. We often live up to them. Sometimes we don't. Um, the one time that you took that shot for Kevin Payne, who was blacked out that I didn't realize that I was punishing him with an extra shot because he was making stupid calls at the end of the blackjack table, costing everybody money. And you did the shot for him, which was a nice thing to do. You know, it was a rare occasion where, you know, you were not a nutless monkey. I would say you had gone toward the real man end of that spectrum. But, you know, I would say that's an exception, not the rule. I've stepped up every now and then, but uh, I, I would agree with you that your assessment of me is that it's few and far between. I, I would agree that you think that uh, is the case as far as, I, as I'm concerned. Yes, it is. that's definitely the case. So I got a few things to eat for you, a few uh, issues. One, one thing is um, my cell phone is an old uh, Samsung Galaxy 5, and it's kind of on the fritz. It's starting to flash a lot, blink a lot. The storage isn't enough. I always have to, like, save my photos to, like, my hard drive and then delete the photos. I can't, you know, it it doesn't have that much capacity. So I need to get a new cell phone. So I go online, and I'm looking, and there's, like, 500 choices. So then I go to, like, one of those tech websites, and I'm like, like, CNET, and they have, like, five or six phones they like, and they're all totally different. And there's one Samsung one, the Samsung 8, supposedly, like, the greatest phone ever, but it has, like, this fingerprint scanner to unlock it. And, like, as soon as you're, like, putting your fingerprints or your retina into a phone, that shit is basically, in my opinion, the NSA has that shit immediately. Now you're using biometric information that you're sort of giving out to the cloud. That's a big mistake. I actually always deny every update I have on my, um, on my computer. I deny the iCloud thing. I, I just don't want the porn getting out there or my, my personal stuff. Right. right. So, so, so I'm with you. I, I actually have to agree with you here. You and I don't have our fingerprints on record, right? I mean, maybe you're a felon. I, I, I do. I actually do uh, for visa purposes. In Germany, we had to get our fingerprints done to apply for the visa we didn't even get. Actually, I think we had to get it to, to apply to Portugal. So I did that. They just compare them to the database, make sure you're not a criminal. I, you have to give your fingerprints if you're a global entry and you want to skip the line. You do like a, you look in the thing and you give your fingerprints. So I probably am in the database. 
But think about like if someone wants to frame you and they have your fingerprints in the database, you know, like you're saying something politically unpopular. I mean, obviously, like it's unlikely any one of us gets into that situation, but I was, I think I was arguing with Heather about it and she was like, well, I'm not going to get in any trouble or whatever. I'm like, well, you know, what if abortion was made totally illegal and you wanted to protest that? And what if like people started following you? You, now you want people to have your fingerprints and they can just put those anywhere? You know, I know it, it's far, everybody thinks, well, I'm not an activist, I'm not a protest person, but what if there was something, and I'm not saying she's going to be the activist for that, but I just gave like a feminist example that she right. might relate to. Well, they're taking away something that you actually care about, and then you're outspoken about it, but, you know, they have your fingerprints. You know, I mean, it's almost like, you know, it's a good segue into Kaepernick, like, you know, he's, yep, he, yep. he, he uh, protested. I was, was going to go there, yes. Yeah, exactly. he protested an issue. And it's not the government, you know, planting evidence on him or something. We see the Baltimore police is, do, is doing that all the time now. But it's the league being like Jerry Jones saying, if you take a knee, you know, you're, you're kicked off the team. They should all take a knee and give them the, say, fuck off to him. But just like they will destroy your livelihood, right? And they want to deter anyone else from protesting, speaking out on issues that are important. People are like, oh, well, he, he can't just say whatever he wants. Your employer can fire you if you say what you're, yeah. If he's like shitting on the coach or his teammates, yeah, well, that's like free speech that's undermining the team. This has nothing to do with the team. So, like, they shouldn't be punishing him for political speech, but they are. Well, the cap thing is just totally insane, in which I don't even actually want to get into further. It's just, it's just beyond absurd. But my point was that I don't believe I'm in the system, but uh, say my six-month-old son, I believe is. I think nowadays you your kids are, are fingerprinted. Well, no, I don't think he has enough fingerprints yet. He's too little. I feel like I felt like he was. You're saying really? He's too little, you think? I don't know if his hands are like big enough to match for later in life. All right. Okay. Well, I'll have to look into that. But, but that I dude is definitely a criminal, so they should. If well, they yeah, can. no, they absolutely should. With the way I'm going to raise him, for sure, that 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 should be the case. But I, I felt like he was. Now, obviously, it's good to raise your kids as strong, productive, helpful, compassionate people. But given the choice between raising a total abject coward. You know, company man, afraid to lose his job, or right. just a badass criminal. Which one would you choose? Oh, obviously the latter. Come on. <laughs> of course, of course. It's not even a choice. Well, yeah, yeah. So, but you're, so you are the coward raising Sasha the right way, like won't even let her eat bread, and you're this well, like... No, she, now, now I can't control When her first two years of her life, she ate like superfood only, you know? And now, you know, it's like cupcakes at birthday parties. I just get pissed when Heather buys like garbage cereal with sugar and corn syrup, and I'm like... This is not our house. Everybody in the world is conspiring to give her total shit, to destroy her immune system, destroy her digestion, make her weak and compliant. But we, and we can't control that. If she's at a birthday party, she's got to eat that disgusting Sara Lee cupcake or whatever the hell they're buying. (laughs) But we can't control in the house. Like, we should never have junk food in the house. Everybody wants to give her a candy, a cookie, or this. Oh, you're the only person in the world giving her that. Oh, yeah. Uber driver in Portugal, the candies you gave her. You're the only one doing it. No, everybody's doing it. You're all conspiring to basically destroy her health. And, and you know, your, your physical and mental health are intertwined. Your gut health is, is intertwined with your mental and brain health. I mean, there's huge correlations between bad gut bacteria and all sorts of mental illnesses. And it's like... Just fucking stop, right? So I, I do what I can control. I, I give her the health food at home. I get pissed. I get into arguments with Heather. She's kind of on board, but she lapses now and then. I'm like, come on. Let's just not buy this shit. She's like, oh, she wanted it. She's the super. Yeah, like Sasha knows what the fuck she's buying. Sasha just wants endless junk food if she, you know, it was up to her. So I'm, I'm digressing from my initial thing. I need to get a new cell phone, right? So I was going to get the iPhone. It's the most expensive. 
But then the iPhone, like a new one is coming out. So like I'm getting the old one if I get one, and it's not even discounted. It's still like 800 something bucks for the amount of storage I want. The 128 gig or the 64 gig, it's like 820 bucks. Should I get the iPhone? I would wait if I were you. I'm waiting personally. But I'm going to Portugal for a year. So like my phone's kind of on the fritz. And it's all way more expensive there to get that kind of shit, right? Maybe the Samsung's the same, but getting like U.S. phone is going to be like a hundred bucks more expensive if I wait. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, which one would you get? A different case. Then yeah, if you need it, then 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 you know, you, man you up. Get the seven. The a real man good. would. What do you? A have? real man would. What do you have? Yeah, the seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm waiting, and and yes, the iPhone. Oh, by by the way, uh, just wait until you if you have a second kid. That that's when it when when shit really gets real. Too late. I'm too old, man. You know, <laughs> I mean, there could be some horrible, you know, Madonna-like accident. Well, I mean, she wasn't doing by accident, but Heather's 48 or something, three years, and we actually have one. But uh, barring that, I think we're done. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, good for Sasha. All the attention to. Toward well, her. I know. I, I wish she had a sibling. I wanted another one, but it just kind of passed. You know, I mean, Sasha's too old now, right? She's five and a half. So like. She couldn't have another one until she's at least six and something. Right, right. And then by then, it's like, you know, by the time the kid can even play, the kid's three and she's nine, they're just, they're more like cousins at that point. So the window closed. It's fine. I'm happy. Knock on wood. We got a, we got a healthy one. You know, it's good enough. Yeah, I hear you. Healthy's all that matters, for sure. Yeah. Healthy and... Uh, and human, as, as you Human is good. You were yeah. a big risk. Yeah. You were at risk. And it was oh, lucky. Yeah. You got lucky. Yeah, I asked, uh, I asked you, uh, boy or girl, and you said you should just be lucky if it's human. Uh, I've never forgot that. Yeah, well, it, it happened. I'm glad I was part of that. So this other thing. So remember I was, like, not going to deal with that tooth that needed a root canal, that whole yeah. shit I went, yeah. ran on? So I was going to get the tooth pulled. You know, it was like, it didn't hurt. It stopped hurting, but, like, everybody, everything online, the two dentists I saw, they were like, dude, you can't leave it. If it's a dead tooth, it's going to eventually get infected and blow up on you, and you're going to be very, very unhappy. It took an x-ray. It's like it's starting to get infected. So I was going to get that shit pulled. Real man gets it pulled. Real man just gets the whole fucking jaw pulled out. Real man just gets his fucking head chopped off, gets it over with, right? It's just done. I was going to get it pulled, and then I changed my mind. I, I, I have this, like, nurse practitioner. I never go see a doctor, but I have this nurse practitioner, long story how I know her, and she's just very, like, practical. She knows all the alternative shit, what vitamins to take, but she also knows, like, the Western stuff. And she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I would just get the root canal. She's like, there's all the horror stories about it, but... Also, those natural dentists who are always, like, exaggerating how dire everything is. So I got the root canal last Friday, and that shit still fucking hurts. Like, it's still, my face is still swollen. I still got a ball in my cheek like a golf ball. Well, you did it in the United States, right? That's the problem. Yeah, well, I did in the U.S., and I spent fucking $1,500 on that shit. And the dude, I keep um, texting him, and I'm like, this is still normal after six days? He's like, yeah, as long as it's not getting worse, it's normal. What the fuck? My whole week has been fucked by this horrible uh, discomfort in my face. And I'm getting the feeling right after this. That's why I can't make it a long podcast. But what a fucking nightmare, man. I mean, and then I'm feeling like this shit will probably poison me and give me some horrible disease later when the root canal goes bad. So I got to get this shit pulled out. I figure I bought myself five years of not dealing with it. But that shit was expensive. It was, it was like 1480 for the thing. And yeah. then another 200 something I go to my dentist today and get a, a filling put in. This is yeah, fucking that's expensive. Terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Expensive. Anyway, I'm getting the crown. And then the crown is another... 1600 on top of that, but I'm getting that done in Portugal. It'd be like 400 bucks. Yeah, when, when are you moving back there? I'm leaving LA August 21st, going to New York for 10 days just so Sasha can see her cousins. And then on September 1st, I'm going back to Portugal. For how long? For another year. Nice. Or maybe nice. longer. We'll see. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. For if you, if, if it was up to you, it'd be forever. Basically. Well, I just want to, you know, a sweet place, build a house that I like. LA is, is all right. You know, it's a little bit like you're kind of, it's hard to get around with all the traffic. And then like, you know, my house is nice, but it's like even the backyard and the courtyard and all these little areas we have outside, they're like covered in soot all the time. You got to clean that shit every day. The table's got a new layer of filth on it, the outdoor table. And it's like, that makes you not really want to hang out outside that much, which kind of defeats the purpose. You got to be up in the hills or up in like Altadena or by the beach. If you're in like the middle of LA, it's real convenient, but it's, it's not a way to live, man, I have to say. Yeah, let's talk some football here in a sec, but uh, it's interesting to me how quickly you were able to like lease your place. Like, Well, we haven't leased it yet. I mean, we have four people who want it and we've been juggling and now one of them dropped out. We're just fucked. I mean, Heather, she thinks she's got a plan. I mean, I'm getting stressed. Like, a lot of these people want to put their own furniture in, which means we have to move out everything. Like, a two-bedroom right. plus another, you know, the office and the third bedroom. It's like, when are we going to do that? How, how's that going to take? Obviously, we'll get some movers and shit, but, I mean, how much you can pack up an entire house? That's not going to happen in a day. That's just going to take at least a week. You got to sort through what stuff you want to take, pack up for Portugal while we're still living in it, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. And then I was like, we need to sell the house. But then she didn't want to sell it. She couldn't part with it. I was like, all right, get it. But so now we're going to move our shit back in when we're here next July. No, we can't move our shit back in. We got to get like an Airbnb and shit. So either way, it's, we should just sold it, put the stuff in storage, moved, get it over with. Right. But now we're not. Now we're renting it out. And next year, we're going to have the same fucking problem. So it's stressful. Yeah, no, that sounds like a, a difficult task. Uh, yeah, I mean, moving is the worst. Moving yeah, is moving. Yeah. It's like the trauma all over again, right? And I'm traumatized when I was a kid. I moved out of my house when I was eight. Now I'm fucking reliving this shit every year. <laughs> fucking every fucking year. Heather doesn't care. She's like a nomad. She doesn't eight, give a fuck. That was like what, in the 20s? In the 20s, yeah. In the 1979 is when I moved out, before you were born. <laughs> fucking no true. experience and it's actually true before yeah before. you fucking zero experience piece of shit you worthless sack all right so a couple other things i'm not age discriminating or anything and i and actually i love millennials personally i do love the millennials i think they're way better than the douchebag uh boomers and if you're a boomer listening to this podcast except for you except for you no including you we could talk a little football i had one more little uh little thing. Um, okay. Mark no. Zuckerberg, he went on this tour, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook or the CEO of Facebook, I guess he's got a large shares. He's got like 40, I've heard of him. Yes. 40, 50 billion dollars. He went on this tour to like understand America, right? He went around the country, like hanging out with regular people and, you know, having dinner with them and shit. He's super staged. I'm sure they deleted all the shit that they were like, dude, you are such a fucking dork. Get the fuck out of my face. I'm sure that's like 90% of the people are thinking that. But anyway, they edited it down to like the people who were like, oh, wow, Mr. Zuckerberg. It's so nice to, you would come to see us. And then he just hired some like Clinton douchebags who were like saying, oh, her speeches are no big deal. Like bad consultants that helped lose her the election. I mean, these people fail so miserably to lose that election and they're getting hired again immediately. This dude's running for president. And honestly, if you like Trump, you must love that Zuckerberg is trying to run for president because this idiot is like so, I've ever heard him like speak. This dude is like, he's actually less charismatic than Hillary Clinton, believe it or not. <laughs> like he is the most dork. And the thing is, when you have 40, 50 billion dollars, nobody tells you that because, you know, you're the man. Like nobody tells you the truth. So this guy would get destroyed by Trump. I mean, and this, some guy tweeted something really funny. He's like, man, I just can't even imagine what my Facebook feed's going to look like when this shithead is running for president, right? It's going to be like all this propaganda. So, uh, that is just, I don't think he, I think he's going to get disabused of that shit quickly, but what, what a farce. I mean, The Rock has like a million times chan better chance of winning than Mark Zuckerberg. 
He actually does. That's right. Well, well, anyway, uh, by the way, if you, if you David listen- Fincher is easily my favorite director, and uh, The Social Network was actually a good movie, which I was shocked. How yeah, do you make? Bad. A, it wasn't bad. So, it was pretty good. But, it was good. But The Rock. If you listen to The Rock talk, just like turn off. You know, you know, if you were like turn off the picture and just listen to his voice, dude sounds just like Obama. I mean, just listen to The Rock and listen to Obama. They sound almost exactly alike. Their accent, their intonations, the way they say words. Very, very similar. And Obama's like one of the best, you know, say what you want about him. Sure. He's sure. one of the best speakers we've ever had. So The Rock, he's not as smart as Obama, but he's, he's not, he doesn't seem dumb. He's not dumb as a rock, you know, but he sounds like Obama. He, he could probably beat Trump, but Zuckerberg, no way. No, I mean, The Rock was on, went on a Saturday Night Live's finale or whatever, and he said that he might run for president, and he possibly could win i mean no he could dude it's open season now dude any anyone can be president now great way to put it it used it used to be like oh no you know the parties have to choose and all this shit but now anyone with some cash and a following on twitter or whatever can run and 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 so kamala harris is the one being touted by all like the democratic establishments oh here's a rising star first off they only tout someone as a star favorable to the donor class, right? That's who's like running that. And she was horrible. She should have prosecuted Steve Nunchen, the secretary of uh, treasury scumbag who foreclosed on everybody. And she didn't, her office recommends she prosecute as California attorney general. And she declined and never gave a good reason for it. So, and then took donations from him. So she's whack. And they're trying to foist her on everybody. Like that's like, the, that's their like, that's their like Hillary Clinton 2.0, you know? And that's uh, also a grave mistake. A grave misreading of the electorate. Sure, sure. Anyway, all right. All that's right. all I got for politics. We can actually talk a little football if you want. Okay. Um, uh, sure. I'll run a couple things by you uh, if that's okay. Last last week you gave me a hard time. So it, yeah, it, you're just okay. trying to like go in the fucking boring ass like so and so has got an ADP of thirteen and anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to actually run uh, just a general thing. Uh, what, what, do you, what is your opinion on if I say that both of my – I have a couple home leagues that I run that I like yardage against in fantasy defense. I, I think IDP, I know that you guys use that in the stake league. It seems just the same. It's just whatever. It's, it's easy to draft people later. But what if you add yardage against – and it makes uh, defense more important, and uh, I think that should be standard. I get it. I mean, because points can be like, well, first off, you do points, you got to get rid of special teams and defensive touchdowns, right? I mean, you got to, that like makes it more true. But then again, if your offense throws a pick and tackled on the one yard line, the points against screws your defense, whereas yardage is kind of cleaner. Do you want defenses to count more, or do you want defenses to be more true to their real life value? What's, what's the issue? Uh, more to their true life value. And, well, both. What do you mean? I think that's the same. I think it's, I think well, that's no, because they could be more to their true life value. Like the, the year end rankings of defenses could approximate real life year end rankings in the NFL. And they could still be like, you know, a few points difference from each other. Yeah. Right. I, I gotcha. But it is, I, I believe that the yardage against is, is more true to their value than it is points against. Okay. I mean, I'm not really, I, I could see it cutting both ways, but probably, I think you're probably right. Okay, so and it also matters more as as far as you know they're just treated like kickers and you know taken in the second to last round always, right? And and I think it's interesting to make them more valuable. I think it absolutely is, right? So like you have really big points for like if you hold a team under two hundred yards, that's worth like fifteen or something like that, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. And if you and then you know, but it would be like a bell curve. So like 
under 300 yards would be worth like five and like over 300 would be worth zero. You, you know, really extreme. It should be, it shouldn't be, there shouldn't be cutoffs. It should be a sliding scale, like point something times something minus 300. You, 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 everything less than 300, you start getting more and more points as you go because it's just multiplied by the difference. So 300 minus X times point something. And so yeah. like every yard below gives you a little bit more. What about this? Like instead of PPR, because like Peter was talking about how PPR overvalues receivers and a lot of times like, you know, you get a two-yard reception or even a negative reception gives you points. What about the idea that you get the amount you get per reception is 0.1 times the length of the reception? So if you get a minus two-yard catch, you actually get minus 0.2 for that, right? Because you're getting a negative play. You're better off dropping it. And if you get a 10-yard catch, you get one point. And if you get a 50-yard catch, you get five points plus the yards. And people say, well, that's, that's ridiculous. You're already double counting. You get five, five for the yards and five for the length of the catch. I'm like, yeah, but if you get five 10-yard catches, you're still getting five points for that. What, why would you get five points for five 10-yard catches rather than five points? Why is that not the same thing as one 50-yard catch? Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, my colleague Andy Barons hates PPR, so that that's a that's a that's a seems like a great way to uh, counter that. It would give you like a distance scoring, but you don't need to score the touchdown. But a distance element with PPR, but no BS PPR. You don't get you don't you know five yard catch is half a PPR point. A three yard catch is point three PPR points. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, I'm going to go to your column here in a second, but uh, the couple topics that I wanted to touch on last week before he berated me was, uh, do you have any opinion on these quarterbacks? Yes, it just matters in two QB leagues, but Deshaun Watson, Kaiser, Kessler, and the Broncos situation. So, uh, you know, Watson's getting good praise from, what's his name, O'Brien, and that's that's good. I, I made a joke last year when Savage got a concussion, I said, would you rather start Brock Osweiler, a concussed Savage, <laughs> or a concussed savage, lowercase, right? And the concussed savage, lowercase, I think one. Nobody has any faith that Tom Savage is going to be any good, so we think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to take over. He runs. Apparently, he's been very accurate. He had really low velocity at the combine, like egregiously low velocity. Like, he has no arm strength. But, you know, I mean, he got drafted in the first round. I was, I'm assuming teams watched the tape. If they didn't think he could make at least most of the throws, I don't think he would have got drafted there. So I'm just going to take that with a grain of salt and say, okay, he could be good. Kaiser, they're raving about it, the athleticism. Kessler was actually good, like under fire in a bad situation yep. last yep. year. Yep. He went 0-8, but, you know, whatever. That was <laughs> The defense was terrible. Everything else was terrible. But he played well. I'd like to see Kessler get a real shot. I think he has more quarterback skill, and he certainly earned a shot now. And then this, the Broncos situation is kind of weird. It's like Simeon is like the Alex Smith type, maybe a little bit, not that cowardly, but a short thrower, doesn't throw a lot of picks. And then Lynch is like the guy who's, you know, the upside guy, you know, he could be poor man's Brett Favre where he's slinging it all over the place but makes mistakes. And he's also a first-round pick. It seems like it's 50-50, or maybe it's not even 50-50. Maybe Simeon's winning that battle. But, you know, Lynch, if he were to develop, seems like he has more upside. So, I don't know. I think, like, if you're in a 2QB league, you just just take whichever one. I mean, they're all kind of $1 or $2 flyers, $3 flyers in the, in the Stopa-type league. All right. Makes sense. Um, so do you want to talk about your health and opportunity, a neutral rankings article, which I found pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, for, uh, obviously, uh, for, for as far as you go, that is a pretty decent article. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, given the curve that you're grading it on. So, uh, yeah, this, so the article I wrote was I, my, my premise is there's really four things that determine the value 
of a player, right? There's, there's one is just health. Obviously, his health is important. Number two is skills. You know, can he catch passes? How does, how, what kind of route runner is he? How big is he? How fast is he? How, all the things, you know, quarterback, arm strength, mobility, accuracy, decision-making. Those are skills. Three is team context. You know, who's blocking for him? Who's catching his passes? Who's throwing to him? Um, those kind of things. And then four is role. You know, obviously, is he a third down? Is he an early down? So those are four variables. Are, is there any variable that I'm missing, as far as you can tell? In, in evaluating a player's worth. Nope, that makes sense. Okay. So of those four, one in four are totally subject to change. Health, any minute some guy could get hurt, and even an injury-prone guy like Tyler Eifert could play 16 games, right? I mean, it, we, we really just don't know. So that's kind of random. And then four, role changes a lot. You know, we think C.J. Procise is a third down back, but due to 6'1", 221, <laughs> he could easily be an every down back. Is that out of the question? So role is subject to change. So what I did was in one ranking set, I just eliminated health. I just said, let's just pretend everybody is guaranteed to be healthy all year. And the second one, I just said, let's just eliminate role, which also eliminates health because obviously if you're getting a, full, a big role, you have to be healthy. Um, and I said, you know, let's imagine every QB in the league at 550 attempts, every running back at 250 carries, and every receiver and tight end at 130 targets. So everybody's got the same exact opportunity. How would you then do your rankings? So, you know, it comes up very differently. Like, the, the health-neutral ones have guys like Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert, like, right near Gronk in the tight end rankings. Of course, Gronk himself benefits greatly from guaranteed health. You know, th- you know those guys are, you know, Gronk is a borderline first-round pick. No, the I other- found that uh, interesting that uh, I agree with you, but tight end is the, is the position that matters most when it comes to this, which is kind of bizarre. It's a big difference. Right? I mean, the rankings are the same, but the overall ranking would be very different. And then, you know, look at receiver. Like Sammy Watkins goes into the top 10 to me if I know he's playing 16 sure. games. Des Bryant is number six if he's playing 16 games. I move Jordy Nelson to number five because I think Jordy Nelson at 32 coming off an injury from a couple of years ago, I think he's a little risky health-wise. Julio Jones is actually my number two if, if you take health out of the equation. Yeah, so, no, that makes sense. Uh, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, at least as high as, I mean, two years ago, he was the highest yards per target in the NFL. <laughs> right, so there's that. And then Keenan Allen is number 20, who I hate, right, because you're, guaranteed, you're sure. guaranteeing him health, fine. Um, you know, the running backs, obviously, I stopped worrying about Melvin Gordon and LaShawn McCoy. Love those guys. If I know they're playing 16 games. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Carlos no. Hyde, Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery, 16 games? In that offense, sign me up. What's, what's there to worry about? Even Lamar Miller makes my top 20. So, you know, it makes a big difference. Uh, and obviously, Luck and Newton go way up. But I think even more interesting is if you, if, you, if you equalize the opportunity. And you get all these running quarterbacks in the top 10. I have Breeze number 10 if you equalize the opportunity. The only reason Breeze is so good is because he always gets 650-plus attempts. He's yeah. always healthy, and he always gets ridiculous volume. On a per-play basis, he's nothing special. He's good. But, you know, you give Marcus Mariota the same number of attempts as Breeze, Mariota crushes Breeze. Especially if he's started to run, which, well, that's what I mean. which he has the upside to, and yeah. added uh, weapons. Right. Yeah. I'm saying his YPA is going to be around what Breeze's is, so they're going to get the same yards. Plus, Mariota is going to get, you know, 400 rushing uh, you know, yards and, and a few rushing touchdowns. And so all the rushing QBs shoot up. And I actually have Cam Newton number two, if we know he's going to throw as many times as Brady and Breeze. And you think, oh, well, he's not going to throw that much because, you know, that's, he doesn't check down. He runs when he's under pressure. So he's never going to get those attempts. Well, what if his D sucks? You know, in 2015, Blake Bortles had a terrible defense, was always throwing, even though he's also a running quarterback. 
And and you know what number quarterback? What number fantasy QB Bortles finished at in 2015? Uh, he was top ten. Third. Third. Yeah. A little bit ahead of Breeze. Crazy. On a per game basis. So, if you have Bortles finishing tied with Breeze, basically, or slightly ahead, you see what what can happen when a running quarterback gets 600 attempts. Right. By the way, I put Kaepernick at 14, given 550 attempts for everybody. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Good. good. <laughs> Do you think he will get, get signed? Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, it would be a team, if, if it was going to happen, it would be a team like Seattle with Pete Carroll, who, you know, has more freedom and isn't a coward. Um, it would be a team with, you know, an owner who's not part of the old boys network, the, the old school. Yeah, no, it's the Ravens. It's the Ravens uh, with, with uh, you know, former uh, offensive coordinator and brother head coach. Uh, it seems like the most likely, but, but well, yeah. boy, sure. that, I mean, that would I mean, be just travesty if he's not. I mean, what a joke. Well, I, I just don't understand. Well, no, it's to send a message to other players, right? I mean, they don't care. I mean, what the, they don't give a shit. They pretend to be all whatever. It's, you know, he's protesting a legit issue. He's not disrupting the team. It's such a BS. Oh, he's a distraction. Dude, they're calling Odell Beckham a distraction. Everything's a distraction. No, the only way you distract is if you call out your teammates. If you were to sign with the Ravens and be like, John Harbaugh sucks. He's a terrible coach. His system is why we're not doing well. That's being a distraction. The media asks, everyone's like, all these idiots on Twitter were like, oh, the media is going to ask him these questions. Who wants that? What do you think of Kaepernick? What do you think of your teammates' protests? All you got to say is, hey, he's got a right to freedom of expression, but you got any football questions for me? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's it. But yeah, but what do you think? How do you feel? Well, how do you feel about it? What are your views on legalization of marijuana? Well, I'm a reporter. That's beyond the scope of my job. Well, I'm a football player. You know, it's like those dudes aren't going to answer a whole bunch of questions about their beliefs. So all you got to do, you don't even have to say that, but you could embarrass them that way. But all you got to do is say, yeah, you know, everybody has a right to free speech. You can agree or disagree, but we support his right to free speech. Do you have any football questions? You just repeat that over and over and over again. That's it. Distraction ended. That's it. It's over. I know. I know. Uh, I mean, not only do I obviously agree with his... I mean, it's fine for what his stance was, but also just a really good person in general. I, I've said this before, but was at his local golf tournament. Uh, he went to high school 12 miles from where I am standing right now, and he FaceTimed my daughter. Didn't have to, and, and, and just a nice guy. It's just this 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 shit is just sad. Well, it's, no, it's, it's I don't, you don't have to defend him being nice. It doesn't even matter if he's nice, right? Like that's not even the point. Who gives a right. shit? No, no, you're right. You're right. You're you right. Know? It's like when they were like, oh, and that guy got dragged off the United flight. And they're like, oh, but, you know, he's a doctor. He had patience to see. He didn't want to get off the flight. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck if he was a loafer with weed to smoke? I understand. You know? It's his fucking seat. Get the fuck out of my face or offer more money till I get off. I, all this stuff of like, well, he's well-liked. He's a good person. It's like, who gives a fuck? You don't have to be nice to have freedom of expression, right? And we know that it's not First Amendment because it's not the government no, taken away. But the, the NFL, these huge corporate ent- entities that wield huge power basically monopoly power where he can't go get a job playing quarterback. You know, I guess he could go to the CFL, you know, but in this country, he can't get another job. It's like, dude, you're trying to destroy this man's livelihood. But I honestly think it's to deter other players. The last thing they fucking want is these people having a conscience. It's the last fucking thing they want. But don't, but don't, what's bizarre to me is don't these owners, uh, the bottom line matters the most, right? Like, give me a break. Like, he's by far a top 30 quarterback in the NFL. Like, it's just crazy. But these guys are old school, right? Like, they don't, marijuana is a serious problem for them, right? They think that's a serious thing. 
They're oh, they're living in an era where it's like we must please the corporate sponsors. They don't really believe. I don't think these guys believe in freedom of expression and democracy. You know, these players are sort of the, the help. They don't want these guys exposing, you know, just to, you know all this stuff, the concussion stuff. The they don't want people speaking out <coughs> on sort of the evil empire that is the NFL, and then also connects to some of the not very nice, playing pretty rough capitalist practices of the country in general, from which they've all benefited. The, the blackmailing uh, cities for you know stadium deals where they're taking taxpayer money. I mean, there's a whole bunch of sort of very shady stuff that they want to just be like, we love country, we love America, we love the military, we're the NFL, we're part of your American culture. Like, they just want to have that image. But, you know, once you start, like, opening the Pandora's box of, like, concussions and how they kind of dicked over all the the veterans and, and forced them to take a settlement because some of them would die if they didn't get even that little bit of money. And they sure. denied the concussion problem. And, you know, the, the way that, you know, these, these guys get addicted to painkillers, but they won't let them smoke marijuana. These guys beat their wives, but they don't care about that because it doesn't affect control of them, of the player, right? It doesn't undermine control. You smoke marijuana, you know, maybe you, you have a different mindset. You're in an altered state of consciousness. Maybe you're not so company man anymore if you smoke some marijuana. You know, you, they, they don't want to open up the Pandora's box of what they are and what they're a part of. I mean, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but still, I feel like most owners, uh, they, they get where they are for a reason, and, and it just seems like the bottom line would matter most. Well, that's, this is sort of a bottom line. This is sort of bigger picture bottom line for them. I mean, first of all, a lot of them just inherited the money. The Maras, the Rooney, like these guys just inherited that. They didn't, they didn't do anything. I, I think that they're looking at sort of a big picture bottom line that if the NFL loses that sort of mystique of being like America, NFL, you know, they associate themselves with the military, even though it has nothing to do with the military. Right? You would it's agree just, this is the craziest uh, athlete uh, blackballed ever, though, right? Well, Barry Bonds was pretty big, you know, at the uh, time. Another uh, Bay Area guy. Right. Yeah, but Barry Bonds, sure. I mean, clearly. He could have woken up out of his sleep and had a 400 yeah. on base when he was uh, blackballed. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're putting that scumbag piece of shit Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame, but like Barry Bonds is, you know, too rooted up to play. Uh, it's, it's a joke. But yeah, I think that they're looking for big picture bottom line, not, hey, this guy will help our team a little bit. And I think they're also looking to deter other people from doing this. They don't like the Richard Shermans. They don't like the Michael Bennetts. They're terrified of them. You know, Sherman came out today big time yes. in support of Cap. I mean, they don't want that. They don't want their league to yeah. wake up. They have a whole image to uphold, and, and it's, it, it worries them. So I think that's the I don't reason. think I asked you this before, uh, Liz, uh, the, about the 110 of the 111 uh, brains that were, you know, deceased uh, were found to have CTE. Do you have an opinion on that? If the NFL, like, what? What? I mean, I people are like, oh, the NFL's done. I don't think so. But what do you? What is your opinion? I don't think it's done. Uh, look, I mean, let's just be real, right? We have what two million people in prison in this country. You don't think that if I think the United States has uh, like, uh, I think it's like seventy five percent of the entire population imprisoned. No, no, no. They have twenty five percent of the world's prisoners and five percent of the population is what it is. Exactly. Exactly. So we have more prisoners than China. That's, that's, okay. Yes. That's, and China has China has a billion people, and we have more people in jail in China, and it's a totalitarian state. Okay. So just okay. think about that for a sec. If we're willing to live with that, so let's say some families are like, you know what, my kid's not playing football. I, I know he's a great athlete. We'll try to get him another job and get another sport. You don't think the people who are you know, would be going to prison, won't be like somehow funneled into there if necessary. We basically have created people that we don't treat, that, that we have deemed expendable, you know, and, and I'm not talking about violent criminals like who are dangerous and need to be arrested. I'm talking about like low level drug people, 
people that were in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, we had prosecuted a lot of people for minor stuff and thrown the book at them. And if society's willing to do that, I'm pretty sure that those guys would all rather play in the NFL. And if, if you know, there's a supply of people that society is not taking care of that the NFL would be the least of their worries. So no, I don't think the NFL is going away because of that, but it is pretty sick. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy, uh, you know, statistic. I mean, for sure. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going away anytime soon either. But that is that is pretty crazy that ninety nine percent of the studied brains. <laughs> if you, if you like, but think about it. Like, if you like CTE, a real man likes CTE. So a real man chooses football for himself <laughs> yeah. and his child in order to acquire CTE, which is not that easy to acquire. You know, so if you want some CTE, but you got to work hard for that. For sure, you got to right. work hard for that. In yeah. regular life, I mean, I guess you could just like run your head into a wall a bunch of times, but. You, know, you might just kill yourself doing that. So that to do it and survive for a while is it's tough. And the NFL is the the way to do it. A boxing's not bad either, by the way. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Are we done? We're done. We're we're going down a road. We're going down a road that says we're done. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, later, Liz.